John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that for us next. Big job there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Oh! Absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Oh, so much to discuss. So much to discuss. You should start a podcast if you're out there listening. Because you got to get this stuff off your chest. And thankfully, we have a platform on which to do so. It's Monday, March 8th, 2021, episode 291 of the Anik and Florian podcast. Didn't get any Ken Flo tweets this weekend. I did not get any text messages while calling 15 fights over eight and a half hours. So I guess we'll just have to settle for what you have to say today there, partner. <laughs> That's right, man. I was scrambling around looking at real estate all day uh, and actually missed a little bit of the first fight on the main card. So I was just scrambling all day. But uh, man, what, what what a night. I mean, a lot of crazy well, shit happened. Yeah, a lot of crazy shit. And thankfully, the three title fights gave us so much to talk about that yeah. I'm not sure how deep we're going to get over 90 minutes or two hours today. And no, Ken Flo's not going to tell you where he's looking at real estate, folks. Maybe in the future, <laughs> if you keep listening and keep watching, you'll find out if it's if it's Nashville, Tennessee or South Carolina or uh, <laughs> or Charlotte, North Carolina or maybe South Florida. But I don't think he wants to be that close to me. Certainly don't want to be that close to Ian Parker. So uh, we started rehearsing like 1.55 p.m., got off the post-fight hit at like 10.55. I mean, I was toast at the end of that night. Absolute fucking toast. Yeah, I was prepping those 30 fighters right up until I went to the arena. You know, I was a little light on Amanda Lemos and Lavinia Souza, I think, and then one other fighter whose name is escaping me right now. But it it is just a, it coming off the back-to-back, dude. I mean, it was just nuts, you know? Um, but... Thankfully, it's in the can. And yes, as we get to headlines, so much to discuss. I want to start with Jan Blachowicz, who uh, who really had a legacy-building win, a signature win over the weekend over Israel Adesanya. You were able to ingest those 25 minutes. Uh, clear win for, for Jan Blachowicz, according to all three judges and and most people. You know, it seems like most of the media had it 48-47 for Jan Blachowicz. The judges had it even wider than that. Uh, what'd you make of the light heavyweight title fight, young man? Yeah, you know, um, listen, I, I was dog tired as well <laughs> on Saturday night. Um, but you know, again, not scoring it uh, as I was watching it. But I, I thought, I thought actually that Izzy was up the first three rounds. I thought Jan clearly won uh, rounds uh, four and five. Uh, you know, I, I think you know you, there, there's a couple of those rounds where that were certainly close. I don't have a problem with the Jan uh, decision going his way. Um, I, I just, for me, the way I was seeing the fight, I think even the shots that Jan was landing, I don't think they were shots that were landing cleanly. Um, and I think a lot of those shots, um, you know, were kind of skimming the top of the head or, you know, weren't really landing as, as cleanly as I thought Israel was landing his shots. Sure. Um, and obviously Jan got stronger as the fight went on. He went to his, um, strength which was his ground game versus Adesanya which is you know the weakest part of his game uh, I was surprised to not see that earlier um yeah but uh that's how he won the fight I mean that's how yeah. he won the fight and and winning 
um, that fifth round in the mount, you know, to really put an exclamation point on it, uh, I think, yeah. for the judges as well and for a lot of the fans that were watching. So I thought it was an excellent performance from Jan as far as adjusting properly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Adesanya was clearly the more technical fighter. He just, yeah. I think he got caught up into a pattern that um, I think he wasn't able to get out of. I think that's a great way to put it in terms of Adesanya. We just didn't see the combinations and for whatever reason, uh, he wasn't able to sustain over five rounds. As far as Jan going to the wrestling late in the fight, you know, he did say that Adesanya wasn't as fast overall as he thought he would be. And maybe part of that is because you didn't have those extra five feet with which to work in the octagon. But he said early on, he felt like he was too fast to get his wrestling going. But as the fight went on, maybe he slowed down a pace and uh, and he was able to get his wrestling going. But as far as Adesanya on the ground, I'm not the expert. Uh, I know what a hip escape is. I'm not very good at them. But w what would you say about Adesanya's, not just his inability to get up off the ground, but two judges gave Jan Bohovic a 10-8 in round five. I didn't think, I'm all for liberal 10-8s. Sure. I didn't think it was a 10-8 in round five, Ken Flo, but he was so dominant in rounds four and five once he got, top position. I mean, Adesanya had no resistance. Your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think, I think it might be a little too strong to say so dominant. I, I would say so okay. dominant if he was in the mount, the majority of the fight or close to submissions um, or, you know, maybe taking the back and things like that. Th those were positions that he didn't really achieve until the very end in round five. Right. But, you know, being in half guard and, and you know, passing for moments, um, I, I thought Jan was going to take much better advantage of those positions. I, I do think that Izzy, once he got caught up playing jujitsu and not fighting, uh, and I'll explain that, he got in trouble. Um, and I think that, you know, when it comes down to it, if if you are a fighter, if you're a grappler, whatever it is, you need to be able to build up your body position to the point where you can kind of get up to your feet. Uh, Adesanya isn't going to look to sweep Jan. He's not going to try to submit Jan. But what he should have been doing was building up his position where he can get back to his feet, as you said. And he did not do that. I think once he got caught up playing jujitsu and thinking, all right, I'm going to play from my guard now, that's kind of where he got screwed. Um so, you know, it played right into Jan's hands. Jan was able to control him because of that. Yeah. Um, and while I don't think it was dominant necessarily, it yeah. was a clear victory. And the clearest rounds that were won were won by Jan because of his ground control. Sometimes I feel like I don't deserve to talk mixed martial arts with you. You know, I no, say that no, no, with no. respect to myself, though. No, because it's so thoughtful, everything that you just said. And you're right. I was looking for more out of Jan on the ground for sure. Um, but even as somebody who is for liberal 10-8s and for people to – like I like that judges are trying to differentiate between 10-9 and 10-8 rounds so much so um, that they're aggressive with 10-8s. I did not see a 10-8 round uh, like UFC President Dana White said at, at the post-fight press conference. I agree. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, and again, there are some – Members of the media out there that had this fight for Israel Adesanya, you know, broadcast team getting roundly criticized for calling the first three rounds for Izzy. So there's a lot of differing opinions out there. Right. But big picture, Jan Bohovic adding Israel Adesanya to a wins list. That includes Dominic Reyes, Luke Rockhold, Nikita Krilov, Jared Cannonier, Jimmy Manawa, Corey Anderson, Jacare Souza over five rounds. He's a great fighter. He's a complete fighter. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He kicks really well. He has power in both hands. He invests in the body, which is key over five rounds. 
I'm really happy for the guy. And, you know, I know Adesanya was sort of uh, the storyline going in because he was trying to join that exclusive club of simultaneous two-division champions. But Jan Bohovic is chasing the Hall of Fame, and, and a win over Israel Adesanya in that quest is, is pretty fucking useful. 100%. And, and I think Jan is vastly underrated, vastly underrated heading into that fight, certainly. Um, and I think the adjustments he made were the difference. Israel did not make the adjustments. Jan did. It shows a, a type of intelligence um, and a toughness uh, you know, in, in that champion that he knows how to get it done. And for Israel, it seemed like he stopped going to the well as far as uh, his kicks, especially his kicks down the middle. I was surprised he stopped doing that especially against a guy who has dangerous hooks. If if there was one strike on the feet that Jan was landing consistently, it was his hooks. And uh, Israel kind of didn't have an answer to that. And I was surprised that Israel wasn't firing kicks more from long range or at least going down the middle with kicks to the body to prevent that from happening. Um, and, uh, you know, I think this is one of those fights that will make Israel Adesanya a better fighter. I think there was this to a certain extent, he was heading into this fight with kind of nothing to lose considering he's not a 205 pounder and that his 185 pound belt wasn't on the line. Yeah. But, um, I do think this is one of those fights that are going to, it's going to make him better, uh, him and his team. And, uh, it was a great performance overall from both men, but yeah, Jan is one of those guys that I think is going to get a hell of a lot of respect after this one. We will get into Israel Adesanya and his decision, however, wayward to take this fight and accept this fight. Jan Bohovic, minus 190, Glover Teixeira, plus 165. All indications are that that is going to be the next title fight. And certainly it is an earned second title shot for Glover Teixeira. He weighed in as the backup this weekend, as most of you know. Uh, any any early thoughts on that matchup? I guess the fan in me would suggest that Glover Teixeira not get, get hit early by those bear paws of Jan Blahovich because uh, I know he survived against Thiago Santos and others, but I'm afraid you get hit with one of those uh, could be a quick night. And I love Glover. I think he could absolutely win the fight. He's a five round yeah. fight. I agree. Listen, Jan is very unorthodox and his timing is just a little bit different. Even for a guy like Israel Adesanya, who's been there and done that in the striking realm, you could see that Jan was landing some good shots. Um, I think that you know, Glover certainly doesn't have the footwork that Adesanya has, but he does have that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt um, to, to to really prevent Jan from being, uh, you know, getting a lot of those positions. And in fact, I think he could take advantage if he was able to take Jan down. I think he would have the the advantage there if he got on top. Certainly, so um, it's a it's in a very interesting fight. But betting Glover is one of the most difficult things to do. I mean, you'll see Glover fight, and there'll be times where you like. Uh, he looks tired. He looks older. He looks like he, and then you'll see other times Glover will show up. And you're like, this guy is a champion. I mean, this guy is, he looks unbelievable. So it's hard to, um, for me anyway, to, to get a handle on what Glover is going to show up. If yeah. it's the Glover that's been showing up lately, yeah, he could definitely win that belt. Yeah. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting for sure. That's going to be the Glover that, that shows up and maybe his body will be 85%, but the strength and conditioning hours and approach will will certainly be there. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. On the Adesanya side, the verb he used to describe the way this fight came together was persuade, that he was persuaded by Eugene Behrman to take this fight. That's mm. not encouraged. You know, persuade right. sometimes can have a negative connotation. Sure. And an hour after beating Paolo Costa, Ken Flo, I'm not mm. sure if you heard this on the broadcast, but Eugene Behrman pitched this fight to Israel Adesanya, who at the time was 20-0 and in mixed martial arts. Now, 
people prioritize an undefeated record to different degrees. I think Adesanya understands that most people lose in MMA and was not blind to the fact that eventually he was going to keep taking part in these championship fights and he was going to lose. So why not move up strategically now and fight Jan Bohovic? But, um, you know, he was, he was outmatched to whatever degree on the ground. He was physically not a light heavyweight in there. And, uh, hindsight is 2020, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm really curious how Adesanya feels mentally overall about this decision now that he's 20 and one. Yeah, listen, I don't think he lost a heck of a lot as far as, you know, the perception of Adesanya as a fighter and as a champion. I think that, you know, we're always kind of balancing the lines as a fighter as what kind of challenges we think we're capable of uh, of accomplishing. Um, and sometimes we bite off a little bit too much. Like he was talking about the John Jones fight. I didn't like that fight for him. And I think this fight against Jan is proof of that in some ways. This doesn't mean Adesanya isn't, one of the best fighters I've seen in the octagon. It just means that we have limits as fighters. And I think as of right now, John Jones is at a limit, which I don't think Adesanya should pursue this fight against Jan. While I do think it was winnable and I do think he won this fight. Um, it was asking a lot. Um, you know, your first fight at 205 pounds against a dude who's got good takedowns and is tough as hell and is really tough to stop. And, you know, Again, I don't put a whole lot of weight on losses or anything like that. Yeah. But here's the thing. If Adesanya stayed at 185 pounds from the start of his career to the end, I don't see anybody beating him. Not for the next few years anyway. So, you know, that that's unique. And that doesn't mean wow. anything. That doesn't mean everything. But, you know, there's a reason why Habib stayed at 155 pounds as well. You yeah. know, he's yeah. undefeated for a reason. He knows yeah. he's the best in that weight class and he stayed in that weight class. And yeah, that's just, you know, it doesn't mean anything. That's just what I think. Khabib's not going to fight George St. Pierre at 170 pounds. I guess not. That I doesn't make not. a lot of sense. Yeah. So, uh, well, we'll see where Izzy goes from here. And I agree with a lot of what you said. And again, Ken Flo had Izzy 3-2. You know, I did watch the fight back. I have Wojovic 3-2. I did not have a 10-8 in round four or five for Jan. But, uh, Congratulations to Jan Bohovic. What a good dude. And uh, I love it. You know, want to know as a father, right? Jan Bohovic Jr. now exists. He was born in mid-December and uh, everything is going right for Jan Bohovic, who in all likelihood will defend against Glover Teixeira. Not Asanya will go back to 85 and defend against uh, whoever emerges as the number one contender. All right, Amanda Nunes, quickly, before we get to Ray Longo. So everyone who listens to this show knows how much I, I love Kenny Florian, right? President of Team Florian, all that stuff. I like Amanda Nunes more. <laughs> I like her more as a human being and uh, maybe even as a fight. I don't know if I like her more as a fighter. I can't. She's nicer so and she's done a hell of a lot more than I have. That's but for sure. Bro, I mean, a man, uh, Megan Anderson, I felt like she would be ready to go, like quiet confidence, ready to go. And man, she was not at all ready to go respectfully. Uh, your yeah. thoughts on Amanda Nunes quickly, if you got them. Yeah, really. I know. First of all, Megan Anderson walking to her dressing room. They had a they had film of her walking to her dressing room. She looked purple. I mean, she looked like she was just spooked to be out there. Um, yeah. And then, you know, she seemed to, to bring it back in when she walked in the octagon. She seemed more calm. But on a technical level, it didn't really matter. Amanda Nunes is just superior to everyone at 145 pounds. And the way you find out is by getting finished by her repeatedly. Um Nunez is already the best women's fighter to ever do it. She will go down as the greatest women's fighter to ever do it. 
it's going to be very difficult to match what she's accomplished. And to do it in the fashion that she did, um, first of all, I'd like to find out, is that the first um, reverse triangle uh, that we've seen for a finish in the UFC? I, I think it might be. But th that's, a, that's a submission that's very high level. And to do it when your opponent is belly down is very impressive. Um, and she certainly had the combo on the armbar if she wanted to. But that was a triangle choke from the back. That is nasty, dude. And that takes yeah. a lot of skill to pull off. And she just made it look easy. And then she basically knocked her out before that. So put two finishes down for Amanda Nunes. Yeah, I love it. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not distracted. I'm pulling up the UFC Bantamweight rankings because we are going to segue into that at 135 pounds. But I love the quote from Amanda Nunes. She's like, when you're wrestling and your jujitsu and your cardio is on point, you can survive anything in there, you know? But she has this knock your head off attitude, right? And again, I thought the fight might have gone a little bit longer, right? And I know a lot of the, the sharp betters out there were on the over a round and a half. But man, this was no contest. I mean, no contest. DC just said non-event right after it was over. And it's like, mm -hmm. man, truer words have never been spoken. But uh, I don't want to keep Ray waiting, but we will get to what is next for Amanda Nunes. It's going to be a title defense at 135 pounds. And the cupboard there uh, certainly is not bare. But support for the Anakin Florian podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, and trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. So if you're in the market, we have an exclusive offer for our viewers and listeners, 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash AF in the U.S., Canada, Australia, and the U.K. So few things worse than nicking yourself when you're manscaping, but that's no longer a concern of mine. I have this ceramic blade on my lawnmower 3.0. If you don't know, it's the best below-the-waist hair trimmer in human existence. Cutting-edge ceramic blade reduces grooming accidents. I actually just got my replacement blade and gift in the mail. Replacement blades come as part of this brand new peak hygiene plan. Plan essentially just a member portal to manage your preferences. It's available across Europe, Australia, and the U.S. as well. Basically gives you a replenishment of your favorite products and replacement blades every three months delivered right to your door hassle-free. Also advantages like member exclusive pricing for products like the new refined cologne. Kenflo loves that cologne, by the way. And of course, their life-changing lawnmower 3.0 replenishment pack always comes with a free gift as well. This month, we got the foot duster, foot deodorant spray, a $30 value, totally free. So to get 20% off and free shipping, go to manscaped.com slash AF. That's 20% off with free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash AF. Put handsome on autopilot with the new peak hygiene plan from Manscaped. All right, let us get to Ray Longo. Big week for Longo. Now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. Starring Ray Longo. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. I don't even know where to begin. Can you center yourself on camera? Can you see yourself on camera, Ray? There you go. I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? I'm glad you're not wearing a hat today. Because we got to look you right in your eyes. Aljamain Sterling... <clears throat> is the undisputed UFC Bantamweight <clears throat> champion, but we're not all drinking today in celebration because there are so many different layers to it. Um, I do know that he's going to have that belt and it's at his house right now. Uh, I also know that Piotr Jan is an unbelievable fighter and is going to be a much bigger favorite when these two meet again. But I have to congratulate you because it's a championship fight. Uh, the champion in this case made a mistake and at least the way the rules are now, maybe they will be changed in the future, but, uh, that results in a DQ and a new champion and, uh, <clears throat> that's your guy. So, uh, what are your thoughts on everything that transpired, my man? 
Oh man, it's just weird. That's it. One word, weird. I, I like. I really, you know, even the hatred that's coming back. I mean, I could see. There's a couple of things. First off. There's no emotion in the octagon. Nobody's jumping up and down. Imagine if we started jumping up and down like we just hit the lotto. Then I could see all these guys suck, you know. But, you know, the kid was 100% concussed. Anybody that looks at that knee and thinks that he wasn't hurt uh, is is insane, literally insane. And um, I don't know why people aren't saying – the question is, and we could go we could go through a lot of things, the question is why the fuck did Petion throw that knee? I mean, you're a champion. There's no, you know that that's wrong. You don't have to look to your corner to go, what do I do? I don't, I'm hearing shit like somebody told him to kick him, so he kicked him. I don't know. Somebody tells me I'm in a fight late and I'm in an octagon fight. Somebody tells me, jam your thumb into the guy's eye. Right. right. That's illegal. I, I'm, I'm yeah. like, why they're not focused on Kenny. why this guy need him in the head is crazy. Like, that's so, the first thing. So Kenny, now, Pahumpa, Pahumpa said punch. Somebody else said, kick or whatever but that's neither here nor there i mean askar right. askarov is one of the best fighters in the world and he's you know 70 percent deaf in one ear 40 percent deaf in the right. other so kenny your thoughts on uh on that part of things before we get back to ray yeah listen you know if if i have a lawyer that tells me to kill someone uh you know uh -huh. it's probably not the right advice no matter what you gotta know what the hell you're doing you gotta know what you're doing you're a champion in the sport you've been fighting a long time now uh, you got to understand that obviously that's an illegal blow. What, why would you do it? Um, and you know, you don't, if it's an illegal thing and I'm asking my corner, do I kick them or a knee them? No, no, you don't. You should know that already. Yeah. It's an unfortunate thing, but at the same time, an illegal blow, an illegal blow. And for me, you know, I'll get into the whole Aljo thing, but it, it was just a, a, a dumb mistake, a dumb yeah. mistake by yeah. Piotr Jan. He's a fantastic fighter. But there's no way you say that wasn't an illegal shot. Um, and it was certainly uh, powerful, and it hit Aljo square in the face. So what do you do? You know, look, I left out. I met him at the house late. The kid was throwing up, you know, after he came back from the hospital. I, I, I These guys are crazy, like, to think that the guy's faking it or whatever. I, look, as a coach, he's not fighting after that. I don't want him fighting. I don't care what the – who, well, what anybody said, you know, like, what are we even talking about kid that when I saw the knee even played back on the replay, I go, it's even worse than the way it looked there because it wasn't like, you know, uh, Oh, it was in the heat of the battle. That shit. I do understand. Sometimes you're scrambling. You just go to throw bits. This was almost execution style. I have my hands on his head probably for 10 Mississippi's. Right. And then I decide to do it. So there's a thought process, man, which is pretty scary to me that you could do that at that point. You know what I mean? After just you got your hands on his head, start punching him. I, I don't know. You're winning the fight at that point. Like it was to me. That's what. See, I think that's the other thing, even with Aljo getting the belt. I, that rule to me, I think better serves if Aljo was ahead. He won every round decisively, and then that happens. Yeah, then I get it. You know, now, now there's not a problem with that rule. I think the fact that Aljo was, you know, losing the fight, or at least starting to really, you know, Jan was really coming on strong, that's what makes this worse, is because now it looks like he gamed the system. But if Aljo was clearly ahead, I don't think either, any of us have a problem with, well, he was winning, so he should get the belt. So that rule, I think they have to probably do something about, but... 
there's no harm in the fact that it was a blatant foul. I don't know what you do. I don't make the fucking rules. You know what I mean? Like that's why. That's why I tell you guys. I, like I wake up this morning, I see on my phone, "You're a piece of shit." Why? I make up the rules. Who the Who the fuck am I? I don't know. This is this. It's crazy the amount of hatred. Just it, it's insane to me. It really is. It's insane. The guy. What did he? What did Aljo do wrong? You know what I mean? He took. Yeah. A, well, the other thing. You know, first of all, everyone's a tough guy behind a keyboard, of course. But yeah, also, yeah. you know, how what was Aljo going to do? All right, because if he continued fighting and he yeah. was concussed, what what was he going to do as a fighter? Like, if you're not physically able to fight, yeah, what do you do? He would have taken more damage. He would have got hurt. And it, what was that going to do for for anybody? Except, you know what I mean? When it comes down to your health and you know, you're messed up like that. I, I don't, I, I think he was in a really, really tough spot. And at the end of the day, it's not like Aljo kicked himself in the face. You know, it was, it was Piotr yeah. that did it. And, and it was, it he, was, he, was right, just, he was in a tough spot. And it was right after Mark Smith. Um, uh, let me just talk about Mark Smith. Cause I, I tell That's you right. what, what a nice guy. I mean, what a just, he, but he said it's a down fight. He, everybody right. that, right. So that's, he makes it even worse. And I will say this, I had a concern. Mark Smith did come into the back, and I said, no, he wanted to talk to Aljo. And they were putting him in the ambulance. And he ran out to that ambulance to just see if he was okay. And I, I got a real sense of compassion from that guy. So hats off to Mark Smith, not just for doing the <clears throat> making the right call, but even after the call. He's a classy guy. And by the way, Ray, that was his first UFC title fight. Can you believe? Oh, that? let me tell you. He Imagine that he's, for he's his first UFC rep. title fight that had never happened before. Yeah, I'm never before had the challenger, as you guys know in UFC history, been awarded the undisputed title on a disqualification, yeah, and that's so, his first title fight. Um, easier but, ones uh, out there for the for Mark Smith. Good this, I'm not even saying how what a good ref he is. The compassion. I'm saying what a good person he is. Yes. I'm not even addressing how he refs because. What I saw was concern, compassion. Like he wasn't. When I said Aljo's, you know, he's out in the outside. I ran him outside because he didn't. That wasn't even good enough for him. He wanted yeah. to really talk to him, and I said, no, no, definitely. You know, I, I, I think it's a good thing. You know, and he, he stuck his head in the ambulance, and they had a chat. That I don't know what happened, but uh, I just felt, I just felt the guy that actually gave a shit beyond the sport. That, that's all I'm saying. So and, we have a lot to get to. We're going to keep circling yeah. around all the different issues. We're going to talk about the fight technically as long as it lasted. But because we have talked about the belt, I just want to throw this tweet at Ken Flo. And then, Ray, obviously, you're in the center of this. And we very much appreciate you. I know you just got off an airplane. Yeah. Uh, this is from Aaron M underscore seven on Twitter. Do you really believe Aljo should have had the belt put around his waist? Surely in the event of a DQ of the champ during a title fight, the belt should immediately be vacated. Then it's up to the UFC to decide if the former champ deserves another shot, depending on his performance. So <clears throat> Kenny, I don't know if this will affect change, but it does put everyone in a bad spot. It puts Al Jermaine Sterling in a little bit of an awkward spot. Mm -hmm. And I texted him and he didn't text me back, but I texted him. To hopefully he can lean into the positive of this, right? Because they're not coming to confiscate the belt from Aljamain Sterling. And when they list the undisputed UFC Bantamweight champions of all time, you know, he still had to fight his way into the title fight, you know? 
So like the champion made a mistake. He has the belt and he's going to get the, the championship payday when these guys meet again. Like I believe Piotr Jan is the superior fighter now. I didn't necessarily believe that going in. I'm excited to see what Ray and them can do for adjustments. But what do you think about the fact that a non-champion, you know, can win the belt by DQ because it seems to be uh, a not ideal situation for all involved in a lot of respects. I'll say this. I think what better punishment or, you know, what better repercussions for doing an illegal blow and potentially injuring someone for the rest of their life than taking away their belt and giving it to the other guy. And again, I think it should be the same thing for someone who tests positive in a title fight. You give it to the opponent. You don't put it up, you know, for that guy earned his opportunity and he fought a dirty fighter. Why doesn't that guy get a chance to be the champion then? Because he right. did everything he needed to do to get there, yet the UFC doesn't do that. So I, I think I absolutely agree with it. Honestly, you know, as, as you may not like it, and if yeah. you're gambling, you may not love it. Uh, but uh, I, I think I think it's the way it should be. I, I, I honestly think so. Again, this is going to be a lesson for anyone who's a champion and for anyone who's fighting it's going to get them to think twice about it and to make sure they know the rules coaches uh you know cornermen uh fighters this is a lesson for everybody really right yeah listen like again for me as a coach let's just run it back as as quick as possible is the best thing that's it you got to end it let's go let's do it again yeah that that to me because i I gotta tell you it's not fair it really isn't fair to aljo it's almost a curse at this point you know what i mean right right for something you should be celebrating about and there's no you know whatever but 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 i like hearing what kenny said because i need some sort of closure in my head because i don't get anything at this point like i'm just like this is the weirdest emotional roller coaster i've been on like in a long time like wow this is it's hard to, you know, I don't, I don't know. But what he said is right. If it prevents somebody else from getting hurt in the future, we get something good out of it. And that really is the bottom line. And the, the other thing that came up, too, is that, you know, they had to go changing the rules with two hands down, one hand down. Of course. So that, that neat opponent thing always became a hot spot yeah. in, the, in the thing. So by, I, I, I think even by creating that confusion, I mean, like if I was a lawyer for the other side, I would say, you know, but there's no hands involved. So again, I go back to this is basic, you know what I mean? Or the other side, Kenny, is allow knees to the head so everybody knows to protect themselves. But again, this was execution style. This was 10 seconds of thought. And then you're launching your knee into it. There's no... After he was told that he was a... (laughs) Right, right. This guy's got everything. Yeah, and I think they should also take away his driver's license because this guy seems like he might be a problem. I, I want to get was- to this tweet from Demetrius Johnson while we're talking about this. Yeah. And I think that the public is, if not split on this, I think maybe even the majority disagrees with DJ. But he said, here's the thing. You can't stall the fight by sitting on your knees. Knees to a ground opponent should be allowed. Yeah, Two go, different there. things there. Ray, please take it away. Yeah, well, that's 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 one of the other arguments that takes away this whole. You know, then the, the refs don't even have a problem. You know, they you can knee a downed opponent, and then everybody knows that he's not going to sit there. I mean, there are all rules like again in place for a reason. Yeah, but and we, but look at the beginning of this thing. Like I said, look when I first started doing jujitsu, we were defending headbutts when we would get on the floor, and I'm I'm you know I'm on my back. 
you know, like I'd have a cage on my head. You, you're trying to headbutt me. You needed to, you know, bring your hand across you. You always did everything with that in place. Then they changed the rules. So what do you do? You don't defend against that. Well, what should I do? Sit down there like this when the guy can't headbutt me? So yeah. this is what happens when you have a sport, right? You come up with rules and then all of the defenses to protect against those, you know, the illegal stuff goes out the window because you don't have to worry about it. So I, I agree with that. You want to make knees legal? This wouldn't have happened for sure. That that's for I would have just, you know, I'm sure he would have just rolled to his back in his guard and he would have gotten out of there. But I, I like again, I that has nothing to do with what happened the other night. Right. So moving forward, that's a different story. I do agree with that. If knees were legal, this wouldn't have happened. Right. Kenny, are you for knees to the head of a grounded opponent? We know you like elbows when when Joe Lozon's on the ground, but do you like knees to the head of a grounded opponent? Oh man, you know, it's I'm tough. torn on this. I'm torn. Well, I'm not, I didn't say I like tough one. Saying it would prevent it would prevent these discussions because there is no discussion. You got to move or you get kneed in the head, and then the fight's over. So the the only reason, the only thing that I don't like, and again, it's one th- seeing a guy get knocked out and seeing a couple punch like when when Derek Lewis knocked out Curtis Blades, right? Those last two shots were brutal. Those are the ones you imagine if Derek Lewis had the opportunity to go out there and soccer kick Curtis Blades' head I, after well, he knocked him out. Yeah. I don't know. I, that's no. The- <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Soccer kicks are different for the record. Are they no, not? Okay, okay, yeah. All right. All right. But here's the thing. No, here, let me just I say this. And then Kenny, point, I want- though, that looks brutal. So my word, you know, is like, let's say you hit a guy with a body shot up against the fence and he cripples and then you can fucking unload with your goddamn kneecap right in his head. Yes, I mean, right, exactly. So it's such a fight ender. I generally speaking, I, I am for allowing more things, but I do believe that. That's a scary proposition, knees to the head of a grounded opponent, because I do think that you're going to, I mean, put referees in a position where you better be fleet of foot or some guys are going to get really hurt. Here's the thing. Great point. And I would say this is that over time, and Ray knows this better than anybody, he's been doing martial arts forever, but what you do as a martial art, you adapt over time. I think we would see problems in the beginning with things like that, like maybe some guys getting hurt. But then over time, we'd start figuring out ways that, hey, shit, That's don't that. shoot in like this. Yeah, you, you know, you can get kicked or be careful doing this, be careful doing that. And referees, I think, would adjust over time as well. You know, but, um, it, you know, the reality is, is, you know, maybe they change into the future. But at the point that Piotr and Aljo fought, it, it, it was not a rule. Uh, that was an illegal move, and what can you do? It, it, you know, and and it, and it was pretty. Uh, like again, you had time to think. You, you I, the, 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 I don't know. Is anybody asking PD on? Did you not know the guy was well, like? Not, well, right, right. We got we to really talk to him and see. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, but to look to your corner, one guy saying punch, one guy saying kick. I think yeah. I don't even know. That's that's a problem. Like right. Well, and like, and, and what the fuck are you even asking for? Like that, that's the part I'm really confused on that. That's got to be thrown out. What do you, yeah. you know yourself? Well, yes, no, hey, no. that's the thing. I mean, you're defending your title. You know, he's 28 years old. He's defending his UFC title. And uh, at least initially he was remorseful. I know there's been some back and forth since, but uh, 
I'm not falling down on any side of this necessarily. I mean, I believe that Aljo is the undisputed champion and deserves to be. I just think it's so sour all around. And to your point, the sooner they can get them back in there, the better. I do want to ask you about the fight technically. Uh, and I talked to our producer, Cody Merrill, about this off the air this morning. I do believe pressure and Aljo's pressure was effective. So effective, Ray, that even though I didn't think he was winning the fight, one of the three judges had him up 29-28 when this thing was called. So your thoughts on the fight from a technical standpoint and, and how it played out up until that point. All right, look, I think in that fight, Aljo showed, he showed that there's at least eight minutes of him. He could beat the guy. He really could. He, he said he didn't feel good. He told me he definitely didn't feel good. And he did get tired. So I say, you know, obviously for the rematch, cardio has to be supreme. Like you can't get tired. Because, but I say if you go back and look at even Sandhag and you look at Pedro Munoz, he comes out like a bat out of hell. I mean, Pedro Munoz, that first round was – I think it was more insane than what he came out with this one. So uh, something, you know, wasn't right uh, that we have to look at. But, uh, you know, I thought – I don't know. I thought when he was mixing up the punches, the kicks, the angles, uh, making Beyond go backwards, I thought he looked great. And then the parts where he didn't look, when he started, to, you know, he had some a lot of like spins that were just not even half committed, maybe 25% committed, which I don't understand. That could have been just out of fatigue, uh, which I think led him into trouble all the time. But uh, uh, I was surprised he was getting tired that fast, to be honest with you. So, some of those things got to be corrected, but I saw a lot of good takeaways from the fight. And I, you know, you, we all know how Jan's going to beat you. He's just steady Eddie he waits, he waits. And then, but Aljo, you know, besides, look, the other thing is, I, I know this is biased. I, and I, if he would have asked me in the, in the fight, I would have said, look, I think you won one and two. I don't know if anybody else does, but my personal thing was, I, I thought one, I think he outstruck him 80 to 20 or somebody said 36 to 14, something like that. I, that one punch was more of a flash knockdown. He sat on his ass. He bounced back up again. Right. I definitely, yeah. I definitely would have given him that. I thought I, I didn't know which round was, was uh, you know which rounds uh, they that they didn't give him. Uh, you know the the other two judges. So I'm saying biased because he's my guy. But I would have given him the first two rounds. So I feel good about that. But then it, he just started to. You know, his his cardio, I think, failed him or whatever else he wasn't feeling good about. And that was it. You know, Jan started coming on. But it was still, you know, I you know, even when he was exhausted, I think he landed two head kicks right before he got kneed in the head. So it is what it is, man. I'm ex Honestly, man, I'm excited for the rematch. Let's just do it. Put it put it put an end to it so he can move on with being the champion or not being the champion. And I think that's the only way to to erase this whole thing is just to get in there and, and do it again. And I think both sides now have a better feel for the other guys. So I think it's going to be a great fight. I think it's, I think it's with all of this, the, the good news is like, again, financially, I think you should be hurt, right. With the mistake. So he is going to get financially hurt. Yeah. And the good news is now Aljo, you know, he'll get a big payday. Cause I, I oh, think yeah. controversy is going to make this fight. If any, if social media is any indication this is a huge fight. Man. Oh, it's going to be massive. It's, it's going to be, be massive. massive. So I, I'm excited as a coach for that. I really am. I think I, 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 I get why Jan's going to be a big favorite. I, that's even better. I don't care if Aljo's, if Aljo can be Aljo, because I watched him train like that. No problem. I, I don't, I don't know. So I, I haven't really, I talked to him, but I obviously I'm not talking to him because he was, 
you know, a little delirious. Uh, after, you know, after the fight, even when I went to the house, but I'll have to talk to him and really see. I know he just said he wasn't himself and, you know, he didn't have the cardio for that type of pace, he said. Yeah. Is- uh, Kenny, I don't know that Ray wants to sit here and listen to me say a bunch of nice stuff about Piotr Jan, so maybe you no, want no, to no. do it. Uh, I mean, dude, no, this no. dude's a hell of a no, fighter. No. I mean, that shell, it's like he – I mean, he just has such a subtle way to even lower his elbow to block body attack. Like, I just – I love watching him fight and – uh you know he's he's a special fighter, and I think Aljo will be up for the rematch. And uh, you know, I'm I'm just so excited to see this division proceed, beginning with this rematch for the belt. I was extremely impressed by Jan, and and you know I I had him winning the fight. I thought that Aljo certainly won the, uh, the first round, um, but I think once uh, Piotr started to kind of calm down and and figure things out, um, you know he was he was very precise. Man, this guy is. One of the best strikers that I've seen in the UFC, honestly. I think he's he's at a very high level. I also think that a lot of people uh, slept on his wrestling skills. I mean, this kid can wrestle, man. Uh, he he is so impressive. He's got that nasty prick in him, like like, yes, like I like to say. And um, you know, he he's he's extremely good. Um, I would love to see the rematch. Um, he made a big mistake, but this is a tremendous champion. These these were two awesome fighters going at it. Um, I think, you know, from the outside looking in, Ray, for me, I, I thought that Aljo was doing exactly what he should have done in that first round. I think that perhaps because of the moment, perhaps because of, of what was on the line, that he had kind of a panicky feel to him. Oh, when he was fighting a little bit, where without it was almost, without a doubt. it's one thing to stay busy, but it yeah. seemed like he was, he was desperate, which you don't want to be. And I think we've seen Aljo, like you said, even busier in other fights, but he was more calm and composed. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but that's what, um, he certainly has a path to victory in the rematch, and yeah, that's, that's, I think he'll only be better. That's the takeaway, Kenny. He was yeah. he was fighting frantic for what reason? Like you, I, I think that point is a hundred percent on the money. Whereas the other fights, there was more of a sense of even sitting down on his punches a little more. He started pushing his punches, and again, frantic is the word I would use. Like I don't know why, but you're right. Maybe the moment, but I think those are all things that could be ironed out, and that's why I'm excited for the fight. If he doesn't go out there frantic. And he could hold that pace. I don't, you could, uh, John, you could chill up all you want. But at the end of the day, if I do more than you, I'm winning that fight. Right. No, so, yeah. If Aljo could keep that up, I agree. That, I like the approach a lot. That, no. That's the key to victory for me, man. And I'll tell you, you. Not, not for nothing, man. When I had him in New York, I mean, I had a punch counter. I knew this shit was going to happen. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I knew this. I, I know I could get Aljo to beat this. I know it sounds crazy. No, hey. It's just, look, it's, it's a simple, it's mathematics at this point. You could like, you can't stay in his shell forever, but I'll tell you one thing, for people that think covering doesn't work with little gloves, there's your example that it does work. And a lot of people are doing it. You know what I mean? So yeah. you, know, you can't cover with, you got the little gloves. It's a big difference, but there's a million people doing it. You know, yeah. now that now I'm watching, you know, Kenny, I'm watching like those one championship fights. They use MMA gloves. Yeah. Nobody's blocking shit. These guys right. take they're taking punishment. You gotta be the one thing with Peter Yan that I want Aljo to, you gotta be able to take punishment. You know, he could take punishment. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. He's and that's tough, where man. I give that's and where he I is mean because you can't shell your legs up. You can't sometimes you yeah. can't shell up the center of your body. Right. He took he, Aljo was stabbing him with some good front kicks. You could see his midsection getting red. 
Yeah. This motherfucker could take punishment and keep He's coming. coming. And yeah. That's his, that's his, plus obviously he could fight. I'm not, you know, yeah. but he, he's tough. He's free. Hey, and I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I like watching his boxing defense. Hey, I don't want to fight today. You know? No, no, I don't want to fight today. No, 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 no. Hey, since you're already mad at me though, okay, pretend. Yeah, 100% not mad no. at all. <laughs> all right, good. Ken Flo, I'm going to watch your thoughts on this on the I'm other looking, side. Hey, John, I'm looking for friends at this point. I'm getting. <laughs> all right, well, you're getting fucking hammered. I'm getting hammered. So well, you, are, you are in the message. I'm a cocksucker. That's good. <laughs> All right, so so you are you are in the favorites on my cell phone, okay? So let me just preface what I'm about to say with the fact that I don't have that many people under the favorites section on my cell phone, and Ray Long goes in there. Not to call you because I don't want to wake you, but I can text you at any time on my favorites list. That being said, what happened with the weight cut? What are we fixing something that's not broken for with this water low? We got five consecutive wins. We are in a UFC title shot. I don't know if you can shed any light into what happened with Aljamain Sterling, but... What, are we doing a water load all of a sudden for the weight cut? I mean, and Ken Flo, again, maybe water load's the way to go, right? Out of bathtubs and saunas and whatever else. But uh, why was this a hard weight cut for Aljo? And and why are we seemingly, if I am reading things correctly, changing uh, the system in advance of a championship fight? Uh, look, and that, that's a that's a question you have to directly ask him. Because I'm going to okay. tell you something. You could tell all of my guys, I get you right up until the weight cut. I get out of there at the weight cut. I understand. There's a million experts. You know what I mean? Now, honestly, if I wanted to put my mind to it, I'll become one of them. I, I, I chose not to. You know, there's guys that do this. There's really super intelligent guys that know, you know, that weight cutting thing. And yeah. uh, if you, that's a question for him. I, I Fair enough. Fair I, enough. I, I Kenny, really, what, what can you tell I, me about water loading versus talking not? about this. I don't know if this is true, but Kenny, I think, Kenny was the first guy to even talk to somebody from our gym about water loading and that stuff. And it was all at that time, Kenny, it was almost like, don't tell anybody. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm no, telling you, did that conversation happen with somebody like, yes, I'm yeah. telling you what to do, but don't pass it around because it was like an arms race. Everybody wanted a little edge on somebody. So this goes back a long time. I have no, I, I have no idea why he would change anything up. Uh, but that's a question for him. Kenny, what do you have? Yeah, so so Aljo, so just so I get the story right, Aljo did water load for this fight. Is that? I believe yeah. so. Yeah. So listen, I, I think that's that's kind of in my understanding, uh, even till today, um, is kind of the gold standard of what you want to do. Um, right. It's different, and your body also is used to a certain thing, and. I, I think there's a risk there, certainly, for doing in a championship fight. I would always do my test uh, situations like that, you know, in a non-title fight. Um, but, you know, it, it's supposed to be the healthier way. It's supposed to be the easier way. Um, but it can definitely um, be different and can make a fighter very nervous because you see your weight go up a lot when you're water loading. And typically if you're if you're used to being five pounds away you might be double that when you're water loading so it it can be a little bit uh nerve-wracking for fighters who haven't done it before and again I, i've been there from the coaching side of things and had people water load and and especially if they come from that wrestling background they freak the fuck out a lot of them because they're like wait a second yeah, why yeah. am i twice as heavy as i normally are and um it it, it can be challenging for a lot of people but the, re the reason for that is the more water you have in your body, the easier it is going to be. If you basically trick your body into sweating more 
So if you're doing sauna cuts or if you're doing a cut in a hot tub, your body is going to get rid of that water. Your body's going to pee more. Your body's going to sweat more. So that's kind of your way of tricking the body into continually sweat when you need it to sweat. And I think, I think Kenny, too, is you want the least amount of time with your internal organs dehydrated. Right, exactly. That's, like from a health standpoint, just so you don't, you know. I, dude, 100%. There's, there's guys that, you know, Marab, his weight cut is still, he'll just starve himself. He doesn't even give a shit. Like, it's it's insanity. Yeah. Right. But he's so, yeah. you know, when you're yeah. able to, you know, jump and dive into a pile of ice with sticks hanging out of it, that's probably nothing to you, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh yeah. So, uh, Hey man, I, you know, I'm happy for you in some respects because, because you have three undisputed UFC champions right now. And I think this one has a certain hollow tone to it, at least right now, but like you're getting the rematch. Aljo's next fight is going to be for the undisputed title. You have the benefit of all of these minutes now against Piotr Jan. So it's like you can lean into the downside of all of this, um, or you can do what all these you know people who are mentally stronger than I am that I try to follow on Instagram do, and it's lean into the positive. And it's like, you know what? When Aljo and Rebecca have a fucking kid, right? They're going to have the belt when they bring the baby home. So – you know, I mean, do you want me to list the UFC undisputed bantamweight champions? You know, so you guys got to lean into the positive, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's. A, I think that I think in time we will. I think it was. It was. I'm just saying. Look, I've been around a long time. I'm just saying, man. I, this was a crazy. time for crazy. You know, oh, to be man. happy and to be you know celebrating, and it just wasn't there. I mean, he's surrounded by a lot of his friends and stuff, so it was good. I think they made him feel good. But you know, I mean, the guy took the belt off in the ring. I don't even know why people are mad at this guy. I swear to God, what the guy, the kid did nothing wrong. What the fuck did he do to receive that hatred, man? They directed at the athletic commission. Who's responsible for the rules? I don't know. What the guy do? Took because full- everyone on the internet are mainly assholes who have never made yeah. a mistake or never never done anything bad in their lives. So you know what's crazy, you know, Kenny? If you think about it, right? Like I think we're all relatively successful. Right. I mean, or happy or whatever. Dude, imagine waking up every morning. All you want to do is like just <laughs> negative shit, get on that fucking keyboard. You got to be some kind of piece of shit, man. I mean, dude, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. some sort of hell. I don't, I would, I don't, I don't, I would never do Like, I don't even feel like doing that. You yeah. got too many other things going on, positivity. You're miserable. It's yes. a, you have to be miserable. Yeah. To do that, I think. I don't, I don't, I'd love to get a, a psychological evaluation on these fucking animals. I swear to God, it's crazy. It's actually like it would almost be. I'd be just as bad if I took it serious. Like, right? If the shit I'm laughing at, like I can't right. even, <laughs> I can't even get into it. Like I'll be, I was with somebody. I gotta take a look at this one. This, I mean, it's funny, but to be able to get up in the morning and that's all you're thinking yeah. about. Man, you got to be a real successful prick for that, man. I got. to huh. You got to be, I, I imagine you found out it was a guy like, you know, running Google that was like, you is, you yeah. about. like, that's what this guy's thinking about, right. right? The head of fucking Tesla, the guy that's fucking <laughs> the CEO. Yeah. You picture him doing that, Kenny? They're too busy actually doing shit. You actually, know what I mean? They have just, a fucking job. That's the, yeah. that's the problem with this world today. <laughs> this is what they give a shit about. Oh my God. Is that an Afro pick or just your hair sticking out of the back of your head? No, other side, other side. Turn the other way, other way, other way. 
Oh no! All right, it's just it's, uh, it's just a, it's a wayward piece of hair. Called a cowlick, but I'm not sure. <laughs> My twin brother's got a cowlick, actually. All right, I think that's all. Uh, that's it. The time we have for you no, today. Did you were you able to watch? We got Dominic Cruz Listen, coming up in two sorry. minutes. Seriously, we have what? a couple of minutes. I'll really feel better if both of you just start pissing on me right now. <laughs> that's what I'm used to. Can you? Can you? I don't even want happiness. Just fucking. <laughs> Piss on me before I get out of here. No, Whatever you need. A, seriously, John, how bad of a piece of shit really am I? I mean, I'm like, well, that's nice. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm an acting coach. You know, I'm like, wow. Sorry, all right. Dominic Cruz is coming up and he's texting me. And unfortunately for all of his legions of fans, this interview will not be live. What's right. that? Hey, oh, is he? Oh, no. He was hoping the interview would be live, but we don't do that, you know. Right. Yet, yet, we are live to take. We want to make sure Longo was awake. Can you ask him what that fucking Hans Mullenkamp shit was? Maybe. I want to talk about the fight. I'm bringing my friend on to celebrate a win. I don't know that I want to bring it down into that morass of negativity. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't negative. I'm I'm fine. No, it's fine. I just, and again, I don't know how fruitful it is to start talking about Cruz's next fight. He can get any fight in that division he wants because of his status. So he wanted to use the platform for that, and that's fine. I, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, spoke, I spoke to Peterson. He had it uh, 30 26 for Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. We'll get into all of that. I mean, that was a clean three nil. He made Casey miss. I like, I love, oh Kenny. my God. Great kid, but Cruz really did look good. I didn't see the whole fight because I was getting, you know, Aljo was getting ready, but he looked the movement. Served him good. He looked like he made him miss a lot. And uh, it was, awesome. it was a great, great fight. And it was a it great was- opportunity for Casey Kenny to fight a legend like that. So, yeah. That's off to Dom for pulling that off and, uh, you know. All right, well, uh, some more history for Ray Longo. He corners the fighter that becomes the first in UFC history to win an undisputed championship by disqualification. Love you guys. Aljo's the champ. Have a great day. All right, guys. Thanks a lot, man. I'll talk to you. All right, the Ray Longo Minute every week here on the Anik and Florian podcast. What's up, boys? Let them know, motherfucker. Let them know. Let them all know, Dom. These motherfuckers. Are we rolling on this monster shirt on? I like. Yeah, yeah, we're we're running, but you can. I'm gonna cut it, so it's fine. And he's got the monster energy shirt. (laughs) Keep it all, Cody. Keep it all. So, Dom. Yes, sir. All right. Now with us is the consensus greatest bantamweight of all time. He's a friend of the show. A little formalities off the top here, but it's Dominic Cruz. I'm really happy for you, man. I mean, I hope this is a celebration today. I thought you looked outstanding. I thought it was 30 to 27, a clean sweep. And once we heard that 30, 27, we knew it was your fight. But just to see that, what in my mind was a vintage Dominic Cruz performance in 2021 uh, was really special. So congrats on the win. I know you've watched it back. Uh, What were your thoughts? Yeah, after watching the fight back, um, I feel like I I feel like I won that pretty clean sweep. It was if I was going to round, I could give him. I could give him the second because I ended the round in a front headlock, but it wasn't. I guess Florian knows it's not a choke. It's not like a deadly situation. It's a little bit of control, I guess. You're kind of in, you're in a controlled position. You're you're in a position that you don't necessarily want to be in. You're in a front headlock, but it's not threatening. So, other than that second round, I thought that I did what I needed to do to control the. Um, <clears throat> the rate of the fight, I guess, is the best way to put it. Ken, yeah, well, I don't sure. know what your thoughts were on the fight, but, uh, you know, I think there was a lot of pressure on Dom coming in here, and uh, I thought he rose above it. What would you think of those 15 minutes? 
Yeah, you know, I had a 30-27 as well. You know, I agree with Dom. The second round, it, there, it wasn't a choke. You're in the position to choke, but he wasn't choking Dom at all. It was a front headlock position that he really didn't do anything with besides the control. He didn't move to a, a, another position. He didn't land any shots really from there. So, um, yeah, but prior to that, I thought Dom was staying busier and landing more. So that's why I would have given him uh, the round. So I had a 30-27. Um, but more than anything else, it's like if you're trying to straight up box with Dom or or come with, you know, primarily a boxing attack, you're going to be missing a lot. And, and, and that's what I thought Dom did really well and uh, was able to frustrate, you know, a guy in Casey Kenny who is very good at putting it all together. But I thought Dom was just confusing him way too much. It, it, Dom, is that the way you saw the flight going? Um, <clears throat> I. No, you know, honestly, I didn't know, bro, because when you're facing, when you look at his film, he throws a lot of kicks and he threw a lot of kicks. But I think that as long as I, I knew, as long as I could get my rhythm, I could set, set things up to where I needed and then pull his kicks out a little bit better. And I was able to do that. So if you let him move forward on you, he's, and just move straight back. Like, like I watched how he did with Nathaniel Wood, Nathaniel Wood, he kind of bullied him. Yeah, because he moved in a straight line a lot. And if you do that, he'll beat you up because he's very durable, too. And he he's willing to take a big shot in order to keep you moving back. But if you can circle him, if you can make 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 him peel out one way or another, it just kind of limits his combinations and his abilities a little bit. And so I wanted to focus on that. And one of the things that uh, they defended was that he was in the that he had me in the guillotine, but that was not. That was not even a close guillotine. I knew I was completely safe there because my feet were on the side of his guard. And um, there's no guillotine there. Even the way that he had it. can't crank it, yeah. Even with the elbow up, I mean, you can kind of air choke a little, but there was no no choke there. It was – I was waiting for him to blow his arms out so that when we got back to our feet, I could really let good combinations go. And he wouldn't have so much in the tank. So I was just being patient there and – it was a good fight. I mean, the guy's durable and the guy's – you could feel how strong he was, especially in the first two rounds. He's a really powerful guy. All those judokas, though, you know that they're going to have right solid, like, brick wall-style hips early on. And you gotta you got to put money in the bank on, on hips like that. You can't expect to just blow through them right away. You can't expect to get the first takedown right away. You kind of got to just put money in the bank, keep attacking – keep changing levels and eventually it can help pay off. So how much confidence did you draw from the rounds in training camp that your speed was back and that you were going to be close to, to prime form? Maybe you didn't think this was prime form this weekend, but how much confidence did you have in the camp that, uh, that you were going to be able to fight as well as you did? Honestly, um, I would, I would give myself credit for saying I was in prime form. You know, I was, I, I did, I felt good. And I felt, like myself again, moving into this fight. I said that in a lot of interviews because I didn't have injuries. Like people don't, I really like, you don't want to ever sound like you're making excuses. That's the thing. So I don't really talk about my injuries. When you come back from the surgeries that I did a lot of times right away into a, into a title camp, I just didn't have the rounds I needed. And it showed in this fight. Like when, when I put the rounds in, when I get the, the mat time in that I need, the cage work in the the it's really getting blasted in your legs it's really getting getting head kicked it's getting big combinations landed on you 
And then when you're done in practice and you kind of feel yourself, you kind of do this thing. Like when you get out of a car accident, you're like, right, 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 right. like when you do that for six, <laughs> six months and you realize, wow, everything's still connected. You get a, you, you get what you need to be able to go into these wars and know that your body's going to be fine. If he kicks my legs, it's okay. I'm going to punch right away. I'm not going to think about, Hey, is my leg okay? You have to like put the rounds in for that to happen. And uh, that, I mean, at least I do. Some people don't need that, but with the time that I've had, that I've been injured, I needed that. And I put that in, in this fight because I was able to, because I didn't get hurt and it showed in my performance. So that's, what's important for me to get into these fights is to stay healthy in the whole camp. So sometimes I feel like I'm happier th than you are after a win. Like this is your first and it's because of injuries. OK, but this is your first Monday morning after a win since 2016. Like, why do I feel like I'm happier than you Don't are about in, this man. situation? Jeez. Don't rub it in. Well, no, but that's just a circumstance. But like, why am I happier <laughs> than you? Like, there's a yeah. there's a little smile. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if you're happier than me. I think that these. I'm still like in the PTSD form of interviews right now because <laughs> you had all these interviews right after the fight and then my head spinning with, you know, when you get done with the fight, then they shove you to 35 interviews. And I even right. told her, I was like, man, <laughs> if she had such a good answer too, I give her credit. I go, man, if a normal person got into some 15 minute fight, would they be expected to have a clear <laughs> mind to do an ESPN interview and all these other interviews? I'm like, I can barely like, my foot is like a, a grape right now because I kicked his knee so many times. Like, do I really got to walk to all these interviews? She's like, that's why you're a professional. I was like, oh my God, how do you, what do you say to that? You're like, uh, you're right. I, you're right. Dang right. You're not a street fighter. So you have to do some media. Yeah. It's so funny. It was a good answer. I'll give it to her. So, uh, well, we're really happy for you. And again, this was more of a celebration than an interview or a media obligation. But uh, I guess last thing for me, and then if Ken Flo has anything on the way out, because of your status in the division, you and I have had private conversations about this. You don't need to call anybody out. You can get any fight essentially at any time within this top 10 that you want, maybe except for the title fight, right? Because of your status as the consensus greatest band weight of all time. So I understand why you didn't use the microphone in your post-fight interview with Joe Rogan to to match make yourself going forward. Um, but obviously this issue is a hot button issue with Monster Energy and Hans Molenkamp with a lot of fighters. And there are a lot of people that are happy that you use this platform uh, to do that. So uh, do you have anything else for us on that? Or, or do you just want to go get on with your day? Um, I, all I'm going to say is that I, I really love what Monster has done for me as a company. I can't stress that enough. Yeah. Monster has been there for me and, and hopefully everybody got that in my interview that I'm here to draw a line that I Monster is the company that I represent and I, I represent them uh, proudly and I wear them on all my interviews. I do my job for them in any aspect they can. They do so much for the military. Darlene from Monster Energy Drink does a lot for um, all the military and I do a lot with them and they do. They support so many fighters. So they're huge for our sport. When you have a guy who's forcing you to do to promote him and not the brand itself, that was the that was the line I was trying to draw. And and that's it. Because yeah. when a person says to you, you have to post on my social media platform, you need to post pictures with me on my social media platform. You need to comment on my photos. And if you don't, you know, we're gonna have a problem. 
I look at you and go, yeah, do I have to do that? Right. Right. Is that, right. is that what I have to do? <laughs> right. I'm confused here. <laughs> and if, if that's what I have to do, well, I mean, I'm going to have to see about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last question. Uh, buy or sell. We see Dominic Cruz back in the octagon before Halloween, October 31st. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I haven't set a time yet when I'm going to come. The swellings in my feet go down a little bit from kicking his knees. Right. Other than that, I feel really good. I'm Great. healthy, which makes me happy. No injuries. I'm a little hurt, but no injuries, you know, cause of my feet. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Get, I definitely want to get in there again before the end of the year. Probably that's the goal. Yeah, I'll talk to Eric Del Ferro and because um, he's my coach, you know, and he saw me in this camp. And there was a lot of things he didn't like. There was a lot of things he did like. And I think we can really add to what I what I did in this fight and and become better for the next one too. As long as I can just keep the body moving, motion is lotion. Dom, any any fighters or fights that you, you kind of uh, have already in your mind of, of who you want to fight? No, I haven't gone that far. You know what? You want to know what my biggest um, hurdle is, and it and and Florian is is being present in what what I've created. That is like harder than picking an opponent. Yeah. There's so many. There's so many next things to do in our life. Isn't there for everybody? Like what results? 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 Keep going. Right. right. You did it. Cool. Let's go get more results. And it's like, hold on a second. How about we take a moment, take a breath of fresh air and think I woke up and sat up in my bed and thank myself for the fresh air this morning for, for being alive mm-hmm. for now I get to have some coffee and not worry about my weight and then eat some breakfast <laughs> and not right. worry about my week. Right. Wait. For sure. And that's a good feeling <laughs> for me. So let me, I'm going to do myself the favor and let me sit in this before I start figuring out the next there's a whole crew of killers row at 135 pounds the best it's ever looked it's not going to be difficult to yeah. find somebody for me to fight or somebody who wants to fight me i'm sure i've probably been called out a dozen times already that you know what i mean so right right i'm not worried about that to be honest right now i'm gonna let myself live this moment i'm gonna ask you another question in regards to that and i think you're absolutely correct and i think it's super important to do that um but as a fighter in your mind you're still trying to chase that belt no You got me? Yeah. I love it. I love it that he's pouring the coffee. He's <laughs> staying on the coffee. I'm listening. I'm just I'm just on the coffee, guys. <laughs> well, I guess Kenny was sort of asking though, in terms of the belt, That's right? right. It, well, I, because obviously the Cejudo circumstances were not ideal and you didn't give people a lot about you didn't give people a lot because you didn't want it to sound like excuses, you know. But I know how important a warm-up is and you didn't get one, yada yada yada. Right. But obviously, like you're you're not just sticking around. I mean, obviously there are personal challenges that aren't the championship, but I'd imagine you're still hoping that eventually a win streak would produce a title shot is his question. Yeah, of course. But you know, like, of course, if the, like, I need a win streak. I have one win. Right. Like, <laughs> like don't get me wrong. Um, I believe I have the talent and the skills to do it. I 100% do. It's just the next fight is going to create that. Right. It really will. Like I'm going to need another fight. I already know that. And that, and like I said, the division's packed and we'll see, we'll see what Shelby tells me. Shelby's no dummy, man. He put me in that slot so that everybody saw me in this fight more than more views probably on that fight than, than most of the fight card. I would right. imagine. We'll, right. we'll all have to go back and look, but 
And against a tough ass dude. Yeah, he was good. Casey Kenny, you can say whatever you want, but I said it in every interview. Anybody in the top 15 is ready for it, you know, could right, be ready right. for a title shot within one or two fights. Facts. That is a fact. Yeah. And, you know, that dude's got a real future ahead of him for sure. I mean, he's only got two losses and uh, now three and he's, but he's, he's solid. He's a solid attributed fighter. Dude, how crazy is it that the belt in this division, uh, went changed hands on a DQ. Like how crazy is it, bro, that for the first time in UFC history, somebody became an undisputed champion via disqualification. It's nuts, bro. It is. And you know, that's a hard one because of the way that it happened. Like you saw Jan literally sit and look at that dude's body and say, he's, this is an illegal knee and I'm going to throw it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You, you could see him like make the reads, like what are you doing? <laughs> I, Jan is so good. He was yeah. this close. Yeah. You've got yeah. like, and it shows why this is a sport though. So people can say like, you saw Demetrius Johnson posted They're They're stalling when they're in that. This is a sport. Right. Right. But we know that before we walk in there, we know the rules. I, I mean, that's it. So when I sign, sign the dotted line and know that there's a rule about that, I go into that fight knowing that. Yeah. So it's like, right. All right, let's say they're stalling. Cool. Those are the rules, Demetrius Johnson. Right. And if, if those are the rules, then that makes it tough. It's also, um, you know, in wrestling, it's illegal to lock your hands. At a certain point, you have to unlock your hands. Um, when you go into a wrestling match, you know that. You know that you can get docked a point for that. Right. You know if you poke in the eye, you can get docked a point. You know if you kick in the, in the junk enough times, you can get docked a point. So just like that, this is a rule. And that's what makes this sport what it is. If you don't like it, go to a different yeah, sport. There you go. You know and that's okay. But, you know, Jan was right there. He, he's a true champion. Like, he is. Um, I'm not no doubt. No doubt. Him. His performance was incredible. His, his, the way he stayed composed the entire time is not easy. Yeah. But <clears throat> part of your responsibility as a champion is to follow the rules and to be a standard for the rules, too. There you go. Well, hey, congratulations, man. If it gets cold, uh, you got a nice new USADA jacket, so enjoy that too. Uh, <laughs> hey, congrats, man. Have a, have a great week. Have a great week. There's nothing like winning a UFC fight, I wouldn't think, belt or otherwise, and then the week that follows. Eat some good food. Enjoy yourself. Uh, and we will see you with a microphone, I'm sure, in the not-too-distant future, my friend. The first interview I did after the fight, not on accident, Andy. My man. Thank you. You look guys. great. Congratulations. Congrats, there he is, the former two-time UFC Bantamweight champion of the world, Dominic Cruz, thoughtful as ever. And, uh, oh, you know, it's it's always an emotional thing calling fights for your broadcast partners. You know, I was talking to my wife about you and how it would have been for me to call one of your fights and how – I mean, how happy we were when you would win these title eliminators and all the pressure that was on you as sort of the face of MMA at ESPN at the time when you're fighting these title eliminators and – all this extra added pressure. And so I know you can relate to Dominic in a lot of respects, you know, bro, hadn't won a fight since 2016. Like, I don't care who you're fighting in what setting. Uh, he was an underdog, you know, uh, I know you thought he was going to win, but I'm, I'm just really, really happy for that individual because no matter what happens from here, you know, this is a win that I think, you know, he'll look back on fondly at some point. Absolutely. Again, you know, it, it it's tough too for it, being in your position because, 
You're obviously friends with Dom. You know how hard the guy works. You know what he's been doing for, you know, the the multiples of years that that he's been leading up to this. And, um, you know, he came through. He came through beautifully. He, he Dom did what Dom does. And yeah, uh, yeah. it was beautiful to watch. It was good to see him in uh, really in, in vintage shape. Uh, and uh, he looked great. He looked yeah. great. And, and that's what I really wanted to get to, John, what you were talking about is – I do believe that Dom still has that championship mindset. And I don't think Dom would be in there if he didn't want to be a champion again. Uh, I I really do. I I think, you know, he, I would assume he said, said, has set himself up to be financially pretty stable at this point. Um, And uh, I I hope he gets another opportunity to try to do it, but uh, he looked great. And and he showed, you know, the kind of uh, champion that he is coming back. Like he did from that Cejudo fight. The one thing I meant to talk to him about, God damn it. I was trying to think about it the whole interview, but how Danny gay bought Ryan Hall's 50, 50 (laughs) instructional methods on the internet. And Dominic Cruz has all of these footwork things. I know the Casey Kenny camp was checking it out a little bit, but I'm always trying to tell Dom to not completely reveal his hand. And now it's funny that he has this footwork program that uh, is out there. I want I want his knee tap takedown technique. That's what I want to learn. See? Dom, send me that, bro. And the thing, too, is that the jujitsu acumen, I know you know it's there for him, too. You know, I think he's one of our better jujitsu analysts, even though he doesn't have a lifetime's worth of gi training, per se. I don't Mm -hmm. think he's a Brazilian jujitsu black belt, but he he knows that game inside and out, you know. so, uh, all right, a few other things on UFC 259. So Amanda Nunes, right? Featherweight division is basically non-existent at this point in time with respect to Felicia Spencer and Megan Anderson and uh, and Felicia Spencer's uh, opponent uh, who won on the contender series. Juliana Pena, Jermaine Durandamy. You know, Jermaine has obviously had a couple of fights with Amanda Nunes, but Juliana Pena is the name for me. You know, that's the name for me at 135 pounds right now. Dana White seemed um, seemed to be pretty warm, not lukewarm to that possibility. I think Pena was somebody who a lot of us envisioned as a future title challenger. There have been some devastating injuries, some setbacks. She was scheduled to fight Holly Holm, who has had a lot of title fights, I think four yeah. or five of them in the UFC and is a former champion. Um but to me, that's the fight to make right now uh, at 135 pounds. Amanda Nunes against Juliana Pena. Any thoughts on that, Flo? I would like to see it. You know, Pena, um, I guess a little bit inconsistent as of late. But, you know, her wins are always impressive, man. And you know what? With Pena, you know you're going to get a girl who's going to come forward and she isn't going to stop. She's never going to quit. Um, she's as tough as they come. And overall, you look at the body of work that she's produced in the UFC. It is very impressive. Um, and she has improved as a striker. She's going to be tough for anybody. If she gets on top of you, she's going to kick your ass. And, uh, you know, I, I like it. I, I like it. I think Pena has deserved it. Why not? When we sit around and say there's nobody for Amanda Nunes to fight, I do think we shortchange a few of these athletes. And I do think that the the fans that quickly came to Jermaine Durandamy's defense in all of this were appropriate to do so. She's a hell of a fighter, you know, and has forced Amanda to really dig deep at times. So wanted to acknowledge that. Um, And then there's Valentina Shevchenko. Okay, I wonder what Amanda Nunez's appetite is to give that woman a third opportunity because she's up two nil in the series. But don't tell me that the closest betting line for an Amanda Nunez fight out there right now, other than Kayla Harrison, who is outside the promotion would not be Amanda Nunez versus Valentina Shevchenko three. And don't tell me it wouldn't command two way action. I know 
there's a size discrepancy a little bit, Cam Flo, but Amanda's got to cut to 35, and Valentina doesn't. Well, I'll say this. When, when people are saying that there's no one out there for Amanda Nunes, what they're really saying is that, you know, skill-wise, there's not many people with the skills of an Amanda Nunes out there. I think that's more accurate to say that. Uh, in, in some ways, uh, because there's a lot of tough women out there who can give her problems in certain areas. Um, but as far as overall skills, I think Shevchenko is one of the few who can kind of match her there. Uh, as far as overall skill set, what she can do inside the octagon, uh, Shevchenko is one of the few who can match her there. So that's why I think that fight is very interesting and, and why we saw a, a close fight in the past. And the cut for Nunes is not going to get any easier. It may be yeah. the same as it was the last time, but I can almost assure you it's not going to be easier. It's it's a hardship for her to get through that weight cut. So uh, it, it is, but then she's also so big at 135 pounds. Well, of course, right. So powerful. But yeah, I agree with you. And honestly, maybe it will be easier because she's so damn motivated by her daughter, Flo. I mean, yeah. That was awesome to see, by the way. The first thing she asked for after she won was her daughter, which was really she's, cool. She's just a, a killer, man. She, she is, is a man. killer. The look in her eyes, like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She's unbelievable. Unbelievable. One yeah. of the best people uh, ever. And uh, may end up going down even higher than the George St. Pierre types as the goat man or woman. Honestly, at this point, she is really um, starting to take gender out of the equation completely. Islam Akashev, once again, showing people like me who say, oh, value on Dober plus 380. You know, <laughs> nah, not so much. Islam Akashev, once again, deserving that distinction in that minus 500 range. What a fighter, man. What a fighter. I thought it was an excellent performance. I thought it was a smart performance more than anything else. Um, he knew where he had the advantage and he did it. Uh, and he took out a guy in Drew Dober who does have a wrestling background and made him look like uh, he he didn't really know how to wrestle. You know, as soon as he got into the clinch and was really getting some motion and attacking with combinations, um, he's going to be he's going to be a handful for anybody in that clinch position. Uh, Mahashev is an excellent wrestler. He is excellent at uh, knowing how to control you and how to land the right shots at the right time. Um, I thought he was a little bit um, overly aggressive, perhaps, on some of the submissions. You know, he didn't have quite the position that he needed. But you love to see a guy who's out there to try to finish. And I think it shows the kind of killer instinct that he has. Uh, it showed how tough Drew Dober is. But, um, you know, Drew Dober's had a lot of success, had a lot of momentum heading into this fight. He looked like he was in tremendous shape. He looked like the best that I've seen him uh, as far as physically. But all that did not matter. Mahashev was just too much, too technical of a wrestler. Uh, and he made it look easy, man. I thought it was an unbelievable performance from him. So Drew Dober spent all of 2020 preparing for Carlos Diego Fajeda, who's a credentialed Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Now, I, I am not the guy who will tell you the differences in Mahashev and Fajeda necessarily in terms of the preparation, right? But this has to be really discouraging, I would think, for Drew Dober to just get so worked in one area, uh, knowing that he had all that preparation from a grappling standpoint. No, I don't know. I just think it's really – it's a tough matchup, a tough matchup for everybody. I understand that, but uh, yeah. just not really competitive at all there. Absolutely. I mean, listen, uh, Mahashev trains with Habib Nurmagomedov, uh, and as far as learning how to do what Habib does, uh, you, you could see it sprinkled all over his game. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mahashev mm -hmm. is definitely going to be a problem for a lot of guys. When you're that good of a wrestler – 
that that's going to be a problem. You know, that's going to be a problem for anybody. So I'm really curious to see how he gets matched up in the future, man. I think he can definitely uh, be a champion if he continues on this trajectory. No doubt. Came in number 14 in the world, but I think most people agree that he looks like a top five lightweight and, and looks like a real future problem. 19 and one for Islam Makashev. All right. We congratulate Alexander Rakic on a main card win over Thiago Santos fight. Not the fight that we expected per yeah. se, but congrats to Alexander Rakic. Kyler Phillips looked great. He'll take Song Yadong's bantamweight ranking. Askar Askarov did miss weight, but certainly a flyweight contender there. And Kennedy and Zechiku from Fortis MMA gets the $50,000 bonus uh, for the fight of the night with Carlos Alberg. And for Kennedy and Zechiku, I just want to shout this man out because Safe Saud is a good friend of mine. I know what Kennedy and Zechiku has been through. Comes from Nigeria in 2010. Electricity and water every day right? Those things that he didn't have before. Mom gets diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease ALS in 2014. So he has to leave school, try to make money and uh, gets a new contract, you know, for this, this win and a $50,000 bonus. I mean, I just wow. feel so good for that kid. And he's got a lot of potential. Oh, and by the way, uh, he's six, five with a reach of 83 inches. So <laughs> useful. I did not see the fight. I want to go back and watch it now, yeah. but uh, th- that's amazing, man. What a story. So cool. Yeah, and the fight had a lot to it, but we don't have time to get to that because uh, Bilal Muhammad is fighting in the main event this weekend. Let's get to the main event challenge. It's the main event challenge. And it. The time is most definitely Florian. I finished fights. I'm going to do everything possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. And it is the award-winning main event challenge. Cody, well, I don't know what award this segment won, but uh, you can text me after the show. So Team Anik wins the week 8-7. It's still a one-point overall what? lead for Team Florian, like 27-26. Good week for both of you guys. We're going to try to rifle through as many picks as possible here today, time permitting. People always ask, why are you in such a rush? We want to leave the listeners wanting more, that's why. <laughs> no, I'm trying to get stoned. It's been a long fucking two weeks. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. All right. First pick for us today at middleweight. This will be the main card opener on ESPN plus Darren Stewart minus 185. Eric, your boy Anders plus 160. Ian Parker. It's great to see you at Ian Parker MMA on social media. Who do you have here? This is an interesting fight. Interesting betting line. Stewart getting the respect from Vegas and betters at least thus far at minus 185. Your thoughts. I'm always wrong on Darren Stewart, to be honest with you. I don't think I ever give him enough credit on the evolution and improvements he's made in his game. I don't think Eric Anders has done the same. So I like Darren Stewart here. I think he'll be the better technical striker, better takedown defense. And I think if he gets Eric Anders on his back, he could fish for a submission and get it. So I really do like Darren Stewart in this position, and I don't mind those betting odds either. All right, good stuff, Ian. Ken Flo, I don't get to make a pick, so let me at least give you a little background, okay? So both guys coming off a loss here. Stewart to Kevin Holland. That was a split in September. Anders by unanimous decision to Chris Jotko. That was all the way in back in May of 2020. So... 10-month layoff for Anders. Might be useful for him after a breakneck schedule four times in 2016, four times in 2017, four times in 2018, three fights in 2019, but only once in 2020. Seems to have made some changes to his training. Eric Anders probably betting on himself plus 160. Ken Flo, any value on that side for you or you like Stewart? I definitely think there's value there. Eric Anders has the ability to pull off a win. I, I don't think it would be pretty. I don't see him necessarily getting a finish against Darren Stewart. If he does, maybe some kind of guillotine or something happens on the ground. Because I, I don't think Darren Stewart is that great on the ground. Um, I do think he's more dangerous than Anders on the feet, though. Um, so with that, I agree with Ian. I like Darren Stewart here. I think that 
physically, it, it, he's going to be a lot for anybody in that division. Um, he's not an easy guy to take down. I think that's what Anders is most likely going to try to do is try to get on top score some rounds that way. Uh, but Darren Stewart has really improved when it comes down to takedown defense. I also think that he's always one strike away from ending the fight. He's extremely fast, very explosive. Um, so I like Stewart here as well. All right, next fight for us in the featherweight division. Dan Ige minus 120 versus Gavin Tucker, who is the even money underdog. Seems like people want to say plus 100 these days, but uh, I say even money. So interestingly enough, Ken Flo, Ige was a far bigger favorite in his scheduled matchup with Ryan Hall. Instead, he gets arguably the best Canadian on the roster. I think Gavin Tucker is the best Canadian fighter in the UFC right now uh, with respect to uh, Hakeem Dawadu and several others. Ken Flo, what do you think? Ige coming off the main event loss to Calvin Cater last July. Tucker's got a lot of momentum at 13-1. and one. Who do you have here? Uh, yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I, I think Ige, I, I think Ige has a toughness that is going to be hard for anybody to match. I don't know if we've seen that same kind of um uh, toughness displayed for better or worse out of Gavin Tucker. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, but I think Gavin Tucker is very well rounded, just like Dan Ige. Um, but I think when you fight someone like Ige, he just has this ability to drag you into uh, a hell that you're usually not used to. So yeah, uh, can Tucker win? Absolutely. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, a guy who has proved himself um, as far as toughness. Uh, and I'm going to go with Ige here as of right now. Three straight wins for Gavin Tucker. Dominated Billy Q at UFC 256 last December. Ige had won six in a row, Ian, going into that cater main event. I love this fight. And what a luxury for the UFC to have a ranked guy in Dan Ige a five-round fighter in Dan Ige who's willing to take on all comers. He'll fight Ryan Hall, who nobody seemingly really wants to, to give an opportunity to. And then he'll fight Gavin Tucker, who's not ranked and who's a real problem. So props yeah. to my man, Dan 50K Ige. Ian Parker, who do you have? Look, it's at this point in the UFC with COVID. Do you want to fight or do you not want do you not want to fight and possibly get passed over down the line for not being a company guy? Dan Ige is super tough, taking on a guy in Gavin Tucker who is dangerous. But Dan Ige has a pace that's unmatched, in my opinion, in this weight class. I like Ige here. I am shocked the odds are where they are. I'm all over Ige in this. And it's not a knock on Tucker, but in his last fight, um, not against Billy Q, the one before that, there was too many situations where I had a guy like Ige, he will lose. Ige is going to pressure him, and you know what he's going to do, and he still does it. The fight against Barboza was impressive. I just think with the level of competition experience and the odds this low, you have to go Dan Ige 100% here. All right, well, maybe you hit the straight wager button there at the Parker Mansion and uh, and move that betting line with one of your massive $10,000 straight wagers. All right, at heavyweight, pick em fight here, boys. Minus 110 on both sides. Ben Rothwell, Felipe Lins. All right, so Marcin Tabora snapped Rothwell's two-fight winning streak last October. Lins has lost two in a row, got knocked out by Tanner Bozier last June. Ian Parker, the king of Kenosha, Ben Rothwell or Felipe Lins for you? My last 10K wager was on Kit Cope over Kenny Florian. That worked out really well. Uh, uh -huh. Just kidding. Kenny knows I bet him. I had to. Um, this fight's a little weird for me. This should be Ben Rothwell minus 180 at least. Uh, Linz is kind of just showing his hand here, you know, coming over from another organization. The level of competition is definitely different in this division. Too predictable and also too hesitant. If Rothwell doesn't throw 500 punches in the first round, 
and stays composed. Kenny's laughing because he knows it's true. Uses that jab and keeps a distance or puts Linz on his back. This should be an easy win for Rothwell. He's fought such higher level of competition, tougher guys. And it's not a knock on Linz. I just think that Linz got a little too much hype outside the organization. And if you have to bet on this fight, it's got to be for Rothwell. Seems like Ian Parker's going to have a lot of action for UFC Fight Night Edwards versus Muhammad because these are very bettable prices for you right now. Kemflo, what do you think about uh, Rothwell and Linz? You know, I'm not disagreeing with with a lot of that Ian with a lot of what Ian said. However, I do think that if you look at Rothwell over the course of his last three fights or so, I do see a decline. That that's the problem, and it's hard for me to put my chips on his side. Um, I think that also Linz has had some really tough matchups since he got into the UFC. You know, he, he had a lot of hype, um, going in against a guy in, uh, Arlovsky for your first fight. And then fa- facing a, a hammer and Tanner Bozer is not the way you really want to start out. And we found out that Arlovsky is way tougher than we thought. And Bozer has turned into a, a potential contender. So, um, Linz is much better than what he showed. Um, Again, we haven't quite seen that come to fruition in the UFC, but I am going to go the way of Linz. I just think that, unfortunately, Rothwell's been fighting a long time. I see a little bit too much of a decline for my liking, um, so I'm going to go with Linz. All right, co-main event Saturday night on ESPN Plus will be Misha Serkinov, minus 145 against Ryan Spann, plus 125. Light heavyweight matchup here. We'll need the round, the method of victory. A little backdrop for you, Ian Parker. Spann had won eight in a row before he was knocked out by Johnny Walker last September. Serkinov is coming off a win, a submission of Jimmy Krupp, but it was all the way back in September of 2019. This fight initially booked for last December. Serkinov pulled out due to injury with a three-month delay. It shall be done. Ian Parker, co-main event. Who wins? How do they get it done? I can almost guarantee I know where Kenny's going this, and I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to take Ryan Spann here as the underdog. I think his wrestling and takedown defense, as long as his cardio is improved, his strength should be a good factor here. He should be the better striker. Serkinov does not have the best chin. Inactivity, I think, is going to be an issue. So at dog odds, let me get Ryan Spann. Nicely done. Kemflo, who do you have in the co-man, kid? Yeah, listen, I, I think that uh, Ian's is speaking a lot of truth here. I think if someone gets a knockout, I see it uh, coming by way of span. Um, I think if um, Sirkinov is able to take it to the mat, I, I could see him getting a submission. Sirkinov is so inconsistent. He's so hard to bet for or against. So you you just don't know what Misha is going to show up. Um, span is pretty consistent. I didn't like uh, his approach. He, he didn't really adjust in his last fight at all and sometimes just get caught in these patterns where um, you know, he can't break out of them, uh, has a lot of potential, can win this fight, man, I don't even know which way I'm going to go here. Uh, I'll go with Sirkinov. I'll go with Sirkinov. See if I can, uh, steal a point here. All right. How does he get it done? Let's go with, uh, submission round two. Round two, Misha Sirkinov by submission, the pick to click for Ken Flo. And that brings us to the main event. This channel zone, Bilal, remember the name Muhammad, plus 205 against Leon Edwards, who is the minus 245 favorite. Ian, we will lead with you here. The Leon Edwards winning streak is eight. The last win, though, July 2019. Is that right? Rafael Dos Anjos by unanimous decision. Other big wins, Gunnar Nelson, Donald Cerrone, which was a five-round fight as well. Five of... The last six wins for Rocky Edwards by decision. Bilal Muhammad on the other side has won four straight, eight of nine, and he has fought three times since Leon Edwards' last fight 
Ian Parker, who wins the main event? How do they get it done? Do you dare pick against Bilal on these airwaves? I think is probably the bigger question. I mean, he hasn't had me on his show yet, so I don't give a shit. But uh, no, I'm kidding. Listen, I, I think Bilal's style can work here. You know, the thing with Leon Edwards, we've seen his dominance. He's been very good, but he's been out a long time. And that went over Dos Anjos in, a, you know, in that division. We know he's really a 55er. I don't, I don't know. All, all I can really gauge is Bilal's improvement over the years and over the last few fights. And we see his striking getting better. Those calf kicks, he could take shots. His cardio is nonstop. I think if he could take this into deep waters and pressure Leon Edwards and put him on his back, I think Bilal could surprise a lot of people. I know everyone loves him for his personality and his tweets and being on the show with your brother, remember the show. But this dude's a phenomenal fighter. He's a good student and he keeps learning. Give me Bilal by decision. I think he could do it. I'm getting excited, getting excited for this fight. A lot of different variables, a lot like of different fighting. variables. It is a lot of different variables for Bilal. Remember the name Muhammad in terms of uh, his calf and his corner. Uh, but man, if ever there were a guy who you would want to bet on when it comes to certain boxes like mental toughness and hot Ken flow, I think Bilal would be the guy. Those Leon Edwards Instagram pictures have to scare you a little bit. I mean, he looks like a goddamn bodybuilder in his lower half all of a sudden. No, I'm excited to see the fight. I really pause, am. Pause, pause. A bodybuilder in his lower half? All right. All right, John. What? What? Yeah. You think I plan to say these things? We're just ripping. We're just no, fucking God. ripping. Ah. Let's, just, let's, just, let's just chalk this one up. John's all about Leon's lower half. On Go look show. at his thighs. Go look yeah, at his no, thighs. His inner thighs are beautiful. Go look at his thighs. He's got Go very look at his thighs. thighs Looks John. like Jason Veritek catching for the Boston Red Sox. Go look at those Leon Edwards thighs. I remember Great Jason game. Veritek. Ken, listen, I, talk to me. Yeah, listen, you know, Ian with another good breakdown. I think that Bilal is fighting him at the right time. Aside from the, the him still probably recovering from his calf, um, you know, I think he is fighting him at the right time. He's the one who's been busy. He's been in tremendous shape. Um, you know, I, I think that Bilal is probably, um, one of the best 25 minute fighters out there just based on what we've seen from how he can produce in over the course of 15 minutes. You know, it looks like he went for a jog after some of the fights that he's in after 15 minutes. He's, he's always in great shape. Uh, he's proven as a commodity, as far as his toughness, um, you know, he's, he's not going to go away early. He's going to pressure Leon Edwards. Here's the problem is that, yes, Leon hasn't uh, been busy, uh, but he's one of the few guys who can actually counterpunch. That, that's the thing. He's not easy to get – he's not easy to take down anymore. He can counterpunch, and I think that's how he wins this fight. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be a war. I think Edwards is going to be tested. I also think that Bilal's going to take at least a round or two from him. Um so I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park by any means, but I do think that Edwards gets it done by decision. I think it's going to be close, but Leon is the more technical fighter. I, I think Bilal would probably agree with that. Doesn't mean he's the better fighter that night. It doesn't mean he's going to necessarily win, but I do think that Leon Edwards, um, you know, can win this fight by being the more technical guy fighting at the proper range. Uh, but I'm really curious when it comes down to those championship rounds, I'd, I'd be leaning maybe more towards Bilal. So, but I, I am going to go with Leon here. You can see it all play out live on ESPN Plus. If you want more from Ian Parker at Ian Parker MMA, IP buddy, great stuff. We will talk to you uh, in two weeks in advance of UFC 260. Enjoy the weather, kid. Nice and cool today here in SoFlo.
Bro, burr, it's a brisk 73, you. bro. I'm cold. Can't <laughs> keep me warm, bro. This is crazy right now. I feel I so it. bad for you guys. I'm playing bro, my little it. violin over here. Where is I'm, it? Growing, I'm growing out the winter beard. Growing Where's out the winter violin? beard. I don't want to hear it from any of y'all. 54 yeah. degrees when I took the girls to school today. Uh, Ian, thank you, man. I know you had a lot of other obligations today. Appreciate you squeezing us in. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Ian Parker yeah. with us for the main event challenge. If you would like to be considered to make picks against Kenny Florian in the main event challenge, you can email the show Podcast at gmail.com. Need your name, your age, and anything else uh, you want to tell us that might get you considered over some others. Bring it. Massachusetts residents get special consideration. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> uh, merchandise for the Anakin Florian podcast, the Ray Longo Minute, FNA, and Remember the Show with Bala Muhammad is available at AnakinFlorianPodcast.com. 10% off with code AF10. And next week, we will indeed see if Remember the Show's Bala Muhammad has broken through in his first UFC main event, or will we be talking about Leon Rocky Edwards? We'll also get you picks for UFC Fight Night Brunson versus Holland, which is March 20th. Uh, in Las Vegas. All right, good stuff today on UFC 259. Of course, we will continue the conversation all week on social media channels at Anna Florian Pod. And don't forget Ken Flo's instructional videos on his YouTube channel as well. Link to the Anna and Florian Podcast hey. YouTube channel. Thank you all for watching, for subscribing to the channel, for listening. Truly appreciate it. Tell your friends. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, don't text and drive. And uh, hey, Pat Militich. I love you, buddy. With that mask, you gotta you gotta be above your nose if you want to fly with us today, sir. So uh, pull that mask above your nose. See you later. <laughs>